Welcome to Let's Be Honest. I'm Liana Ross, and I'm a licensed mental health counselor. I'm the assistant director of Gooding Wellness Group, and I'm on a mission to answer your real and honest questions, unfiltered, while also giving you the real and honest opinions of a mental health clinician on pop culture and trending topics. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Let's Be Honest podcast. I'm Liana. I'm a licensed mental health counselor, and this podcast is all about answering your questions and giving my take on trending topics and pop culture through the lens of a licensed therapist. And so today is a pop culture episode through with a spin of mental health. And I really wanted to talk about, or we really wanted to talk about the new movie where the crawdads sing because there's so many themes of abandonment and trauma fight flight or freeze mode i mean it was just like stock full so to help me talk about this i have gooding wellness's director and founder gordon gooding licensed clinical social worker and i'm so happy to have you back on thanks Adam. so glad to be here and i, and I love talking movies so I, i'm thank you for letting me be a part of it I know, and you forced me to go to a movie. I really I get did. bored. I, did. I, I hate being held hostage in a movie theater. <laughs> I feel like I need, I made, like I just like have to walk away, have to walk around. But I was really happy that I went to go see it. Yeah. It's funny. I love going to the movies because it just it gets everything out. You know, like I can't be distracted by anything else. So, but but it's but this was a good this was a good one. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there I don't like to see, but it was a very powerful movie. It was really powerful. It was really, and even my husband, like at first he was like, what are you dragging me to see? And then we left and he was like, wow, that was so good. Where he like continues to talk about it. I'm like, yeah, it was a, a good surprise because it was very, very good. Yes. Yes. I, and, I, and I heard that from what I understand, the book was just a huge hit. I never read the book, full disclosure, um, but I can only imagine it was just probably better than the movie. I know my friend read the book and, and it was pretty much like the movie and it's on my list to read um so i figured we would talk about the main points for those people that have not seen it so they can kind of understand what we're going to be talking about so i feel like we should discuss like the main premise and the main points if you want to kick it off sure i mean uh, and jump in if i miss something you know the, the story from is basically about this young girl who is raised in a very uh, it's no other way to say it, but abusive home, you know, in the, in the middle of, uh, I think it's towards the swamps of Louisiana down there. Um, and the mother abandons the children because it's a very abusive relationship. And over time, her other siblings leave and she's, you know, really raised in a very horrific environment. Um, and then her father leaves and she's really there as a young girl um, having to survive um, and live off the land and somehow, you know, educate herself and, and do everything herself. And we're very young age. I mean, I, I can't, I didn't really say what age it was. Do you remember how old she, I mean, she looked like she was probably like 14 or so by the time she oh, was Oh, I thought home. she was like 11. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And, and I don't know about you, but my thought was like, where's CPS? <laughs> But but then it did show that they did try to go look for her numerous times, and she dodged them. So I was like, okay. and this was a different time and day, you know, like this was yes. just years ago where CPS wasn't, you know, um, as active as they are here, and and it was in a very rural 
part of the country down there too, where she wasn't easy to just pop in Omaha. You know, this house was sounds like it was in the middle of the woods or the, um, I guess was that, was it a swamp or near the swamps? Yeah, I guess it was. It, yeah, like the swamps. Like you had to like boat around to places, like boat to the store. Um, and she did have two, I guess, role models that worked at the store that they always went, and they were the only ones who knew what was really going on. And um, you know, of course, she grows up. And having this abandonment, what happens is she finds men who also abandon her, who also kind of continue the pattern of abandonment and just toxicity. Um, And it reinforces the need for her to be independent and like not able to rely on anyone. Yes. And that attachment, that, that, that how guarded she gets against anybody outside, except for that, that wonderful couple who run the little fish shop there. Um, but uh, you know, the, I guess the pre- main premise was these two ma- main focus with the two relationship, one that she was very guarded against and eventually let him in and ends up getting her heart broken. Mm-hmm. And then another one that, you know, it quite honestly, it was like, I, I don't know how you felt about it. It was like, she, almost like she settled for it. It was like, cause she was yes. lonely. Yes, right? I agree. I was like. And then you get to see the toxicity and just person is mentally unwell. And there, and also the big main premise was that the second guy ends up being murdered and she is the biggest suspect for the murder because of what people see on the outside, that she lives in a swamp all alone. They found like two pieces of evidence outside of her house or something that was very minuscule. And automatically they went to her because people judged her. And the because town. she was the she what well, they call a swamp girl, wasn't swamp she? Swamp girl. Yes, mm-hmm. she was on the fringes of society. People didn't know about and what, what people don't know, they're scared of. So you know, meanwhile, people thought she was just weird and this outcast, but really, she was traumatized. I mean, there was no way she was going to trust the world or society, and she was hiding. You know, that trauma response of just you know um, hiding. That's a really good way of putting it. We're being redundant, but yeah, she was just trying to survive. I'm like, if only that's what my thought was. If only people knew what this girl had went through, I feel like they would have all ran to her door to like support her. Absolutely, you know. And I think it goes into a lot, which is kind of why it's kind of fun to talk about it. It's like there, there are people around us all the time who've been through these traumatic events and maybe guarded and maybe a little recluse or, you know, off put, you know, like, and meanwhile, it's, it's not that they don't want to be a part of the world. It's that they've been so hurt and been so traumatized by different events that could have happened. Um, you know, that as a society, we got to be careful not to judge so quickly, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, one of the signs of trauma is that hyper-independence, or past trauma is have being hyper independent now. And that's where I think the independence and the self-sufficiency really kind of helped her, but it really also uh, like avoided her from relying on other people. And so therefore like the lack of trust, the, and then of course, when they do put, when she does put the trust in people, they let her down. So it just reinforces that, uh, that narrative in our head that no one can be trusted, that kind of like, avoid an attachment style and um you know watching it 
towards the end, it was like really, there were parts that I was like, this is like really hard to watch. Like it was like really, I was like, this girl can't catch a break. There were some parts of it were so, you know, um, yes, just so disturbing. You know, the one thing that stood out to me and I, and I do think what you said is so important is that, you know, we talk about trauma, we talk about what she's facing, but there's also, and we were talking about before, before we recorded here, the strength of this young woman, you know, like because of the trauma, she had to be so strong and, and so independent and, and self-sufficient and all these things. And, and I guess I, I was, there was a scene where someone ravaged, remember there was someone broke into that there. <gasps> yes. Oh, I mean, it was like, here's this girl who's done everything has set up her whole life. She, she got into artwork and all these beautiful, you know, uh, pictures and she became a published author in, in ways and someone breaks into her, her this this bungalow or whatever this little house in the woods and just destroy you know just destroys it and man i was just i felt so violated for her i know yeah, i can't imagine what she felt like i was like how did you know I know it's like just like I can't uh, it's like how can someone not break at that point where you just constantly like beat them down and it kind of just reminded me of you know with bullying like with you don't know what you don't know so if let's say someone is the subject of bullying but they're already going through so much like when is it gonna be too much for that person and it usually is and you never know what's really going on with someone um, which I think is just like, we always all need to remember that before we pass judgment or before we, I don't know, we just like are mean to people. Like we never know what they're going through, but I also recognize her strength in that, like she created all that artwork and she took a chance and, and put her artwork into the publishing company. And she started to really change the narrative of her life. Yeah. Well, and, and, Yes. You know, she go from self-reliance and that, that, you know, I guess I get the thing that jumps out to me is that how we all really want to be connected in some way. And when we have, we experience a trauma in our lives, um, you know, even in this, it, it hesitated her from reaching out and pursuing her dreams of this, the, remember the, the pictures and she hesitated on applying mm-hmm. to, um, you know, get this book published. Right, because it was she was so guarded, and yet she walked through that and found her strength to do that. So thank goodness. But you know, we we need we all want to have some type of connection to the world, you know. Yeah. And, and I think that's what was, um, you know, the world. You know, her second relationship, which was, I felt was so horrific and abusive, and it turns out he was, you know, I'm not going to give away. We're not going to give away all the secrets to this whole movie, but. It was just, it was a horrific relationship in a lot of ways. You know, it was very betrayal, very one-sided, and, and she just, you know, just, you know, don't we all just want to be loved as people, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, and she was all. looking for that despite no, like you would tell she had a feeling that this was not that great. Hi, my name is Gordon Gooding. I'm the founder and director of the Gooding Wellness Group here in Cold Spring Harbor, New York. We are a group of mental health providers that offer individual and family counseling here on Long Island. We believe the first step for caring for your mental health is to talk and to learn about it, which is what this podcast does such a great job of. If it has a name, someone else has been through it, and so can you. If you ever need a professional that cares about what you are facing, please feel free to reach out to us. Our counseling services are available throughout New York State through our teletherapy service, 
and we also offer in-person sessions at our beautiful offices here on Long Island, New York. You can reach us at goodingwellness.com or by calling 631-351-2940. Remember, there's nothing that you need to face alone. Until then, keep listening, be deliberate with your mental health, and keep it honest. Yes. Oh, the whole way through. I guess I was cringing for her. Like, oh, why yeah. are you doing that? You know? And, um, but just a, a, and very, you know, they talk about attachment styles and, and the trauma. Like, it was just a really fascinating look. And, I, and I, you know, it's a, a much more um, acute example. But when mm-hmm. you look at that, I, I sometimes look at that and I look at people who have been through less trauma, but still the same struggles. You know, we've seen it in our practice when you have been betrayed by someone you really care for, mm-hmm. you know, how hard it is to to open yourself up again. Yes. And how scary it is, right? It's very scary because like anytime we become vulnerable, we're opening ourselves up to the risk of being either let down or being pleasantly surprised and it all works out. So like being vulnerable is really hard. And so of course, if that doesn't go well, why are we going to want to open up again? It takes even more courage and more strength and like it can really impact our view of the world. And what came up for me too is that like, and I see this a lot also where like the trauma is very much similar to the partners we choose where he had a lot of similarities to the father, like in different ways abusive, but very much the same, where a lot of times that is so common for people because one, it's all that we know and we're used to, and we don't know really what other relationships look like. Or on the other end of the spectrum, we tend to choose partners that look like our past abuser because we're trying to rewrite the story of how it ends subconsciously. We don't recognize that. We don't recognize it, yeah. Yeah. So when people say, oh, well, I went through this in my life. Why would I go pick a partner just like him? Of course you pick a partner just like him. Like there's so much going on for us within our brains that we don't have control over. It's funny because they, they did. I I say this all the time with clients where it's, they may have come from a a father like that. And, you know, they, you know, it sounds weird, but you know, we become used to what we know. Right. So if, 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 a, if you're in a relationship with a male and they're verbally abusive or physically abusive, like it's almost normalized, you know, and, and even in this part where the, the first gentleman, first boyfriend came in, he was so sweet and understanding and compassionate. And, and her guard was like, get away. Like, what is up? You know, just stay away because that's so foreign to someone who's been, you know, that never been treated that way before. Right. Yeah, yeah, that, that, it's to us, it's like, oh, this is great. Like, you need this in your life. But to her, it's like, um, red flag, this is not, <laughs> this is this not is comfortable. Because well, it's, it's what you know. And you, if you grew up in a house where everybody's critical, and um, you don't even have to get into abuse. But even if you grew up with people who are very critical and, um, and, and intense with their relationships, and, and you have someone who's very adoring and... and wants to be very, you know, take caretaking of you. And like, it could be like, whoa, like I can, I've seen people get so scared off by that. You know, they yes. think they want this love and compassion, and then they get it. And they're like, whoa. It kind of scary. reminds me of like when girls, at least I know from like a woman's perspective, like when they don't like too, uh, too much of a nice guy, 
you know like they want yeah. the bad boys and i'm like what is the theory behind that why do we do that and i wonder if that plays a role like even if it's not abuse but like i don't know like if it's just we're not used to the super nice guy well and i think it's it, it goes with same way with men you know i do I, i've seen it too with the guys i've seen that it's like there's some sense of what you know yeah right you know they'll, they'll complain you know <laughs> to the to the same extent you know they'll complain that they're their mother babies them and is too much of a caretaker, but then they want somebody who's going to make, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> wants to take care of them all the time. And it's like, that's true. Like, you, just, you just talked about how you didn't want that, you know, like, you know, um, so, you know, it's what we know. It's, it's you know, and, and if it's, and I mean, it's different than that, it takes, that's, you know, what's, what's so great about therapy is that we can really spend some time to look at just because something is uncomfortable to us if someone's nurturing and caring, compassionate to us, that might be uncomfortable to us. That doesn't mean it's bad for us though. Right. It's just different. Yes. Yes. And to look at it through a different lens is that, you know, we, like we the old expression, we treat other people how to, to treat us. Yes. You know, what, what we expect is what we get from our partners. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think this movie really like, I mean, so many flags were going off in my head with like, like I couldn't turn it off. So like, I'm glad that we were able to talk about it. And then in the end, obviously we're not going to give it away, but like, I felt honestly great. I was like, yeah, I mean, it was a surprise, but I was just like rooting for her. Um, and I, I thank God because I was like, when you go through movies like that, where it's just like trauma after trauma, it's like, I can't go much deeper. Like, this is like, uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. I was, uh, we're, we're kind of talking about this and the patterns of this. And I'm thinking about the ending. I'm not going to give it away because I, I think everyone should see it themselves. There is a sense that even in the end, she still, there was still parts of her that she still didn't share her full vulnerability. Yeah. Like she met someone that was, you know, like, and she still kept, she still protected that side of her. Right. Yes. Which, which is a trauma, which is part of that trauma response in a lot of ways. Right. Like never, maybe she didn't truly trust this person and she clearly could have. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, again, maybe it goes back to the subconscious where it's like, oh, well, I got to feel a little safe. I got to hold this in just yes. in case. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I, it was an interesting, you know, and again, I don't want to give away the ending, but just it's such a great, I thought it was such a great example of what so many clients, at least I, I'm, I'm, we've talked about this off off the camera here, but we, you know, what so many, a great example of what our clients face. You know, mm-hmm. and we all face sometimes of, of taking risks and getting hurt. And how do you recover from being hurt? And, you know, how do you, you know, how do we advocate for ourselves in a relationship and expect what we, you know, what we deserve? Yeah. And like, when do, do things just get too much? Like where if like, okay, this person's not compromising and I know that I deserve better. If they're not going against my, like, it's not being aligning with my green flags in a relationship how can I step away? How can I really take that step for myself, even though it's going to be so hard, like no denying that, but it's because I'm worth that uncomfortability. I'm worth it, yeah. And in the end, she, she knew she could be, she was so independent. She knew she could do it alone. Right. Yeah. You know, so there was that old attachment stuff, but at the same time, her strength was part of her standing on her own and knowing her own strength to who she was. Yes. But I totally hard- agree. Yeah, sad movie, heartbreaking movie, and yet 
I don't know, just such a such a example of the human spirit and resilience of a of a of a woman who was so strong, right? Oh, totally agree. I mean, I wanted to be her friend by the end. I was like, she is cool. Just wanted to give her a hug, right? Like, oh, yeah. but the world doesn't have to be like that. I know. I'm just like, oh, wow. But I give her many kudos. So I can't wait to read the book. I'm still waiting for it. I'm like on a wait list. But um, whew. yeah, let us know what you thought about this and also what you expected from the ending. And like, was it a surprise? Did you expect it? What'd you think? I would love um, to hear what the listeners think about the ending. It's like, you know, just to yeah, give those random thoughts, you know? I agree. I agree. You can share those thoughts at, let's be honest, at goodingwellness.com along with your listener question that you want us to answer on the podcast. Um, so to wrap it up, do you want to share with the listeners a little bit about Gooding Wellness and what we offer? Well, as you said, we, you know, you and I are with Gooding Wellness is the uh, private practice here in Cold Spring Harbor on Long Island. You know, we offer uh, we have virtual sessions, in-person sessions and our beautiful, I'm very biased to my little historic village of Cold Spring Harbor, which is amazing here. Um, and if we can ever be of service to someone looking for some help and some support, whether it's topics like this, you know, trauma, relationships, you know, substance use or anything else, uh, we would we we welcome an opportunity to be uh, support to anybody. Uh, and our Instagram is at Gooding Wellness PC, and our website's GoodingWellness.com. And our virtual platform or online therapist can be at LongIslandTeletherapy.com. But thank you so much again for having me, Liana. And I love this partnership you and I have been doing, and you're you're doing such great stuff here. I'm so glad to be a part of it. Thanks. Yeah, no, it's been awesome so far. I can't believe we're already on episode nine slash ten. Nine, right? Yeah. Crazy. It's it's crazy. It's, yeah. Oh yeah, eight slash nine. I don't know. I can't keep up. But it's I'm having so much fun. And remember, guys, if you really like this, you can send it to a friend. You can rate it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a review. Subscribe or follow so you can keep up to date with new episodes. And follow me on Instagram at Liana Ross LMHC and follow the podcast at Let's Be Honest Pod. And I'll see you guys soon. Bye.